Join us as Speaking of Spirits discusses Japanese legends and ghost stories. Good morning, everybody. This is Colleen with Speaking of Spirits, and I'm here with my co-host, Kelly. Morning, everybody. Yeah, we're uh, glad to be here with you today. And, and um, if you like our videos, please like them and subscribe to us. And then also head over to our other podcast called Nightmare Road. Um, it's really, uh, it's a great podcast. We have a lot of fun doing it. There's a few of us on that podcast, Decon and um, Haywire. And we, we just have a great time. So we have these two two podcasts streaming all the time, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But we could use your like and subscribe. Um, it really does help us in the uh, metrics of it all and, uh, and helps pop some of our videos up to the top of the feeds. So um, today we have something that Kelly wanted to dive into. Why don't you describe it? So, I've always been a fan of Japanese mythology and all of their um, monsters, the Oni, the Tengu, and the urban legends. So, I decided to dive into just a little bit of where this came from. So, um, I got the main part, which is um, how the islands of Japan were created. Okay. So a long, long time ago, there was nothing. There was just, there was just um, absolutely no, nothing. And then some gods appeared. And so after some of those gods appeared, there were two deities that were born from the from these gods, and one of them was a pure male god, and another was a female god. Um, the the male god Inazagi, and the goddess Inazami, were ordered by their heavenly superiors, their the bigger gods, to create a place for them to live. They stood on a floating bridge in heaven and took a spear that the, the big gods gave them, which is adorned with uh, magical beads. Hmm. Um, and he dipped this, Inazagi dipped the spear into the water. And when he pulled it up, a drop from... The, the tip of the blade, which is a, like a pole arm or a spear, uh, dropped back into the ocean and formed on Onogoro, which is an uh, which is an island. Okay. So, Inazagi and in Inazami descended onto the island and decided to hook up. Um, during which. She produced uh, many, many, many gods, but they were they were evil. They were, they were bad. They're bad. Like you know, the the mon you know monsters and demons were born. So confused I love by how this, you, I love how you said they hooked up. 
Got to keep it family friendly. <laughs> okay, so they made many demons. All right. Yeah. Um, confused by this, they went back up to heaven and asked the, the big gods, you know, what went wrong? And they're like, well, you did the hookup ritual wrong. It was, <laughs> it's the man that's supposed to propose the hooking up. Oh, so they, she's the one. She's the yeah. one who did it. Yeah. Oh, like the Adam and Eve thing. She's the bad one. Okay. So they redid it, and many gods and goddesses were born from that. Um, one last time, you know, one last time she gave birth to a god that was pure fire. It was just pure fire. It burned and killed her. He would, um, Inazagi was so upset with this that he killed the child, put it in a boat, and sent it out to sea. Hmm. Now, Inazami was buried and she was sent to the underworld. Um, Inazagi was so grief-stricken, he decided to go to Yomi, which is, which is the underworld, and asked her to come back to the land of the living. She refused, and he kept pleading and begging to, for her to come back, and she's like, I can't. I ate some of the food down here. And he's like, I don't see why. He's like, I don't yeah, see what's the problem with that. And He's like, she's like, you won't like how I look. And so he took some of his hair and made a torch and lit it. And when, when she looked, when he looked at her face, she was covered. She was decaying. She had bugs crawling out of her skin, Ew. maggots eating her. Okay. And he was so disgusted and surprised that he ran off. And she was, she's like, you basically said that. I told you that not to look at me, and you did anyway. And she was so upset that of his reaction that she sent all these monsters after him to to kill him. And to stop this, he used I don't know he he produced grapes and blessed peaches to keep the monsters away. So he got okay. to the final. He got to the 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 cave. To that opened to the underworld and blocked it with a huge rock. Um, she then threatened threatened him to say she would kill a thousand people every day, and he he said, "Well, I'll produce five five hundred children for every thousand she killed." So then they're like, "Okay, well, we can't come to a recompense. It's time for divorce." So <laughs> it's it's strange. So this is, is this, this there, the Japanese version of creation? Yes. It's basically the creation story. Okay. So, Inazagi then returned to this world and purified himself in the waters um, of the ocean. And he was still, he was still grief-stricken and he washed his face and the sun goddess Jesus. Um, Amaratsu 
Omikami became the sun goddess, and from his right eye was the moon god uh, Tsukiyomi no Mikoto. And then from his nose was Susanu, um, which is the, the god of storms. So from his left eye became the sun goddess, his, his right eye, the moon, and from his nose, the god of storms. And who's this? Who's making all of this? Inazaki. Okay. The male god. Okay. Um, so he didn't. He didn't need a wife anyway. If he could make other gods, right? You know, you know. He didn't. But see, that's the thing with um, gods and goddesses. They can just go. You know what? I'm. You know, I'm sweaty, and they grab a rag and they wipe it and throw it on the ground, and like five other gods appear. Yeah, that's wild. So did, so did he end up making more islands, or how did that happen? I mean... Yeah, when he first dipped the spear in, and then the island came out, they created all the islands of Japan. All okay. at once. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Uh, yeah. So... Do you have more to that story? Uh, uh, yeah. Or yeah, there, there's a there's a lot more. Um, well, I don't know how much we want to dive into that, but that's really an interesting story. What's interesting to me is that they have a version of heaven and hell, right? Because mm -hmm. you have the underworld, and you talked about heaven. So, and yeah, and the the sun and the moon god, they were they were really close, and then. They had a falling out, and basically, they don't want to see each other anymore, and that's why we have the phases oh, of the sun and the moon. Phases, yeah, yeah, the days. Okay, this, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know the the Japanese stuff is it's crazy I, to me, but you know, I guess so. Whatever you grow up with, and the and the legends you're told, yeah. Yeah, so, there, there's a there's a lot more. There's a lot, lot more. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. I only thought it was going to be like this, that, and that. I'm like, okay, and I'm looking into it, and there is a a plethora well, of stories. <laughs> well, if it's their version of creation, why wouldn't it be? Because we have, you know, the Christianity version of creation, and it's a book, right? So uh, yeah. you would think, yeah, there would be a lot to it. So, I did a different angle here, and when I was looking at Japanese stuff, when you said you wanted to do this, because I have never really looked into it other than something like the suicide forest. So, I wanted to look into, like, hauntings in Japan, right? And <clears throat> so, there's a castle there. It's called an Himiji? 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 castle and uh, I, I slaughter everything I try to pronounce so sorry about that guys um, it was built in 1333 and it consists of 83 different buildings and it's the biggest and most revered castle in Japan okay um, it was originally built for war and it's described as the finest surviving example of early 17th century Japanese 
castle architecture. Um, to preserve it for the future generations, they did this enormous restoration on this castle. A $23 million restoration project. And it's and I'm going to show you a picture of it. It is it is really absolutely amazing. Um, I, I would like to see this in person. Uh, so <clears throat> the castle, and they call it its nickname is the White Heron because of its white walls. It looks like this graceful white bird. But what's really interesting is part of the restoration was this careful restoration of the roof tiles. And you really, and I had a really hard time finding any pictures that show them. But you see on all of the peaks of the castle, there's like these, um, they're called, um, on, mm, uh, Anajawaras, on a, O-N-I-G-A-W-A-R-A-S. I can't say it. But they're, they're an ornamental tile in all of the peaks and all of the corners that are kind of like an ogre, and it sits and guards the castle. Um, and they're, they're very menacing looking, and they're said to repel evil spirits. But the castle is haunted, but it's not haunted by something evil. The castle is haunted by um, Okiku, O-K-I-K-U, Okiku. Um, it is said, Okiku. It's said that she was accused of a crime that she didn't commit, and she was thrown down a well in the castle. Yeah, yeah that's a famous story. That's Okiku's well. Yeah. That's the basis yeah. of where the ring, the movie The, the ring. ring, came, came that's from. That's right. And so she has... Um, haunted the castle ever since and she wanders the quarters and she cries and she um, she feels so betrayed because it was so unjust right what happened to her so yeah the ring the movie the ring came from this story um, so it, it's the whole castle is ringed by moats and protected by gates and ramparts and turrets and um, it's most innovative security system was a maze-like path that gets to the main tower so that it, if it forces that are invading it couldn't figure out how to get to the main tower where I don't whoever would be up there right because it was such it's such a labyrinth inside so I thought that was pretty interesting um, and there's a like it's almost like the Winchester house right it was built with a lot of dead ends like you get into this maze and then you're trying to get out and you can't figure out yeah. So it's pretty yeah. interesting. It's actually pretty ingenious to build a maze inside of a castle so you can't get to the main tower. That's the whole point. So yep. they get confused. It wastes, it wastes time. They're trying to get to the, the, the Shogun or whoever it was. And by that time, they're getting swarmed with other yep. enemies. Yep. Can you imagine being somebody who's like a tour guide there now? And, and and having to learn all those mazes. Uh -huh. uh, or or I mean being a tourist and getting lost in the maze. How would you know? I mean it would yeah. Anyway. So I thought that was cool. I like the fact that it was I'm glad that they restored it. It's absolutely beautiful. But yeah, feel sorry about the, the lady thrown down the well. It sucks. <laughs> What's your next story? So I came across the story of a man uh, who was a uh, riding his horse, and he stopped for a rest near a large rock, 
a tree and a large rock. He tied his horse to to the rock, and he's taking a nap. And he wakes up in enough time to see his horse start to shrink in this weird, strange light. And as he was peering into to go over and check it out, he's peering into the light, and pretty soon he starts to shrink. And he falls down a hole, and he finds himself in the underworld. He's seeing all sorts of demons and critters running around doing whatever demon critters do. And pretty soon, a very large Oni, or ogre, um, comes up to him. And he's massive. He's huge. And he knows better than to try to fight this thing off. So he offers up his horse. And the Oni is so surprised and delighted by this. Then he goes, yeah, I'll take your horse and I'll give you this huge bag of gold. And he's like, all right. And he's like, okay, you're done. Get out of here. And he sends him back up to Earth. And he promptly buys a massive estate with the gold. And pretty soon he's having all these huge parties with women and dancing and gambling and booze and pretty soon he is out of money he has to sell everything and he becomes a bum and and he's begging and pleading and he's a raging alcoholic by now and nobody wants to deal with him anymore so he goes back to the rock and thinks he's gone, and he goes back to the rock, he shrinks back down, he goes into the underworld, and he meets the demon king again, and he's there to beg for more money. And he, the demon horde just looks at him and says, I gave you all that you could ever need, and you spent it unwisely, so as punishment for your misdeeds of doing this and doing that, uh, you're going to work here forever. And oh, God. they sent him, they sent him into the, the demon fields where they just, comp they tied him up to a plow and whipped and flayed him forever. So, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, th that story definitely sounds like the, you know, the whole gluttony, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, don't be greedy, don't be greedy. So, um, so I found a story about a mountain witch, and I liked this one a lot. So this one is Yamuba, and it, it is, they're described as decrepit hags that live in the mountains. So it's people who are hiking in the Japanese mountains need to be careful of these hags. There are old women with messy hair in filthy kimonos, and they're known to offer shelter to weary travelers. Um, but oh, that's always the that's always the red flag. <laughs> yeah, right. Never, never. Yeah, and then as soon as the the travelers go into their shelters and and it's nighttime and everybody falls asleep, they kill them in their sleep. So uh, they were once regular women, but fled to the forest after being accused of crimes. Right. 
And another theory is that they were victims of um, ab ab oh, ab Abbasudi. Abbasudi literally means abandoning an old woman during oh. hard. Oh, that's the that's the practice of when <laughs> when uh, your parents get old enough and they can't take care of themselves anymore and they become a burden to the family. They take him out to the forest and and just leave him. Yeah, to die. Yep. <laughs> what a ugh. um. And so these these old people become cannibalistic and really really angry because they didn't have any other method of survival. But they now they enact ex they take out their vengeance on hikers in the mountains. Yeah. So um, there are some. I haven't seen anything that say that any of these old witches are men. It seems to be only women. But anyway, don't take shelter from anybody in the woods, okay? Just saying. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's how um, they become unreal, which is a malevolent spirit. Yeah. So there's different ways of... They believe that the different ways that you die, you can either become a... a Benevolent or malevolent spirit. Okay. Well, that, so, that makes sense. That makes sense. I like that. What do you have another story? Um, I got the one of the slit mouth woman. That's one everybody knows about. It's an urban legend. Okay. If you okay. want to hear. Yeah. So the urban legend of the slit mouth woman, uh, is a woman uh, with a mutilated mouth. She is, said to cover her face with a with a mask or a scarf or something like that and she has some kind of sharp tool with her and uh if she comes up to you and asks if she if you're attractive if she if they find her attractive if you say no you get killed and then mm. If you, say, if you say yes, she pulls the scarf down and shows that her corners of her mouth have been cut up to here. Oh. And if if you say if they say uh, if they scream in fright, she kills you. Um, if they say yeah, if you say yeah, you're still attractive. She takes she grabs you, takes the knife, and and cuts you from. Ear to ear. God, they have some wild legends, don't they? And well, you can get out of it because you can get out of it with money, hard candy, <laughs> or saying pomade three times. Pomade? Yeah. You know what okay. that is. You know what that is? Well, it's a hair wax. That's my dad used it's to use hair it. wax. I had to look it up. And it's, not, <laughs> and it's not just any hair wax. It's this, it's this hair wax they use over there that you put it in your hair, and it takes two or three washes to get it out. Yeah, my dad, my dad used pomade every day of his life. Yeah, I, I, I still smell it. You know, I can still, when he's haunting the house, I can get a whiff of pomade. Yep. Yep. Interesting. That's really interesting. So the last one I have is 
Oh man. Sh- Shiki Gemi. Sh- Shiki Gemi. Um, huh? Shiki Gami. Shiki Gami. Um, they're, they're spirits that have no will of their own. Um, they're brought into existence by magic wielding masters. So, you know, somebody is creating them. It's like a tulpa. But, you know, um, the sole purpose of the Shiki, that's their shortened name, excuse me, is to complete simple tasks for its owner, such as spying or stealing. Um, they have no visible form. Um, they're just beings. They can only become visible if it takes on the shape of paper, using paper dolls or winged, um, like, origami. Sounds like a booty. Uh, these shiki are commonly seen in Japanese fantasy, um, Natsumi's Book of Friends, and Gibby's Spirited Away, where they do magic wielders' biddings. So I don't understand the whole they become a paper doll or an origami. I don't get that. I don't know. A lot of the Japanese legends to me are just, they're really out there, and I can't, I can't conceptually wrap my head around what they're trying to do with these things, but yeah. yeah. I think it's more of like they're, they're a minion. So to be able to keep an eye out of where they are, they put their spirit in a paper doll. Kind of like a voodoo doll. Oh, oh okay. Alright. Yeah, they're interesting things. I, I don't know. I, um, I've never really gotten into them, but it's, it was an interesting topic to research, definitely. There's a lot more. A lot, a lot well, more. I know there's a lot more, but, um, and maybe on another podcast we can talk about a few more. But I, I hope you guys enjoyed the the Japanese legends and the Japanese myths. I, uh, it was not something that ever crossed my mind to even look at. So, But uh, if you enjoyed it, let us know. Um, if you have stories and myths and legends and hauntings that you want us to research, let us know. We're always looking for new topics. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The whole YouTube thing. Right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Speaking of spirits, signing off. You've been listening to Speaking of Spirits, powered by Pocatello Paranormal Research in Pocatello, Idaho. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad you could be here. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do us a favor and go to whatever platform you are listening to the podcast on and give us a review. We prefer the five-star reviews. This helps us know how we're doing, and it helps others to find the podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you on our next podcast.